Blog Talk Radio. I'm a truth terrorist. I'm a knowledge gangster. I'm a black history hitman. I'm a lie killer, urban gorilla. I gotta be a roughneck. Free the black Panthers. FCBP. Stand for free the black Panthers. It's up the black police. That 13th Amendment. Trying to make a slave of me. You can like my body, can't trap my mind, not forever be free. Okay, free the Black Panthers, FCBP, stand for free the Black Panthers, and fuck the black police. Feds infiltrated our movement for black leadership roles, but we still here, in the bill here, up coin tail pro. Show, they got me started, lying hearted, I'm the new Mufasa. And I'm all about Umoja, first in Guzu Saba. Let's bring back the black families, we need our father. Single mama, son and daughter, that's root of the problem. Wise up, we wise up. Unity is so powerful. Black banks, black schools, black gone, black power moves. You tell a lie, you think this shit won't be televised. Black power, be scared guys, that be standing there like they paralyzed. Huh? We say fuck the system, cause we above the system. We keep ARs and pistols, shotguns that's worth the crystal. But that's for self-defense, make sure we have no issues. Be sure to leave it at the door if you have it with you. This for them freedom fighters that lost their freedom. Until they freedom, we screaming carpe diem. This for the general. King Khalid Muhammad, we gon' make your day a holiday, I fuck me promise. Free the Black Panthers, FCBP, stand for free the Black Panthers, and fuck the Black Police, that 13th Amendment, tryna make a slave of me, you can like my body, can't trap my mind, not forever be free, okay? Free the Black Panthers, FCBP, stand for free the Black Panthers, and fuck the Black Police, Feds infiltrated our movement for black leadership roles, but we still here in the bill here. Up coin tail pro. RBG, 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 RBG. My sisters, my brothers, the council, the elders, kid, that's really all I need. We suited, we booted, don't do it, you stupid, we head to the armory. Black women and goddess, regardless, my heart just don't fuck with misogyny, foolish that don't tolerate it. Melanated, so you gotta hate it. But rock fucked up another conversation. Trump finna get inaugurated, damn. Unify or die, nbpp.org. First and foremost, the new Black Panther Party, no no other Black Panther Party, we are not violent. We are for self-defense and self-determination. The most violent group in this country are the police. What is taking place by the police department to black people across this country is ethnic cleansing and genocide. It has escalated since the day that Barack Obama was inaugurated in 2008. We have a, 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 a people who are only 13% of the population, yet we make up 80% of the prisons. We have 50% unemployment rate in the black community, and it's actually even more than that because they're not counting our people that are in the prisons. The 13th Amendment said you could not be made a slave or indigenous servant unless you commit a crime. The 14th Amendment forced our people to be subjects of this government. We never had any say in that. We need our own nation. Without setting off 
I think very constructive conversations that you all might be having. Uh, I'd like to call this meeting of the Community Reparations Commission order. Um, I am. I do have a remark. And you know, I always have remarks. But I, I do have a remark. If I could have your attention just for a second. I want to broach a subject that um, many of you all have been talking to me about privately and have been on the back burner and have you know, been squelched as much as possible by um, whoever is in opposition to it for whatever reason, politically, ideologically, ideologically uh, legally, economically, etc. <laughs> but I've been working in a way that uh, suits my profession. I'm a political scientist. I study and I research. That's what I do. Uh, let me say this to you. Your work that you were doing in your IFAs are, is excellent. It's, it's not to be at all uh, uh, diminished. It's important for this community. You all have your pulse on the needs of the community. And, you're, and what's most important, I've noticed how much you have your guards up for offenses against the welfare of our community. I appreciate that. I assume that. Um, the work that I've been doing, though, uh, I need to add as an addendum in that we are charged through the resolutions of the city and through the county as one of our many charges, but we are charged with uh, increasing generational wealth. And in doing so, reducing the disparities by race in Ashland City and Buckingham County. Many of your proposals have been designed to do just that, whether it's education or health care, economic development, justice, housing. You've been looking at how to reduce those disparities. One fundamental thing that has come through in the research that I've done with the writings and doing, uh, since several of you may have read some of, the, some of the same materials, is that the key element in reducing disparities is increasing the assets of African Americans. And increasing the assets means direct cash payments. Now, that's a topic that I realize is not to be discussed, but I'm, I'm putting it on the table for you. I'm putting it on the table for you. There are studies that indicate that it's effective. Uh, it is not a stereotypical, do not take stereotypical responses and that the folks will just waste the money. They do not. They tend to address the social determinants that you all are addressing in the same way that you're suggesting through policy, they do individually when receiving enough cash to do it. And so, I'm saying to you that in my remarks to you, please consider the absolute need in order to be successful is to increase the assets of African Americans. Roll call. Hi everyone, um, welcome. And so I am about to call roll. As I call your name, please answer with an I. Dwayne Barton. Norma Baines. Here. Renata Kanyas. Here. Christopher Gordon. Here. Roy Harris. Here. Joyce Harrison. Present. Shonda Jackson. Kimberly Jones. Here. Dewana Little. I'm here. Dwayne McAfee. Here. Tamari Macon. Here. Bobette Mays. Glenda McDowell. Here. Tamara Miller. Here. 
Dwight Mullins. Present. Mildred Nance Carson. Here. Bernard Oliophant. Present. Thomas Priester. Jesse Ray. Dwayne Richardson. Eric Robinson. Renita Waters. C.C. Weston. D. Williams. Here. M.Z. Yehuda. Here. Keith Young. Here. D. Burris. Here. Tiffany Devella. Shakiki Giles Baton. Here. Osandu McPeters. Here. do have a quorum and our action item um, is the approval of the agenda and meeting minutes because everyone had a chance to read over the meeting minutes from last meeting. Has everyone reviewed the agenda? Are there any amendments? All right, would someone like to make a motion to approve the agenda? Hi everyone, um, Christine Edwards here, project manager for the Community Reparations Commission. Happy to be here again with you all. Um, so in order to just make this a little bit smoother, what, um, what I was able to do was actually add page numbers to your agenda packet so that we can follow along. Um, so I hope that that uh, makes this a little bit smoother today. So hopefully you all had a chance to read through the survey data. Um, overall, it was positive. Um, the first question, did you have the opportunity to express your ideas, thoughts, and opinions at the May 15th meeting? Overwhelmingly, people responded with yes. Although we did not have a really uh, robust participation in this survey, and I think that participation starts to wane sometimes over the summer and because we have been at this for quite a while, but I do want to encourage y'all to please, you know, put your comments in the survey because we want to make sure that your thoughts and opinions are getting out there to share with everyone. Um, if you look at page 10, what did you like most about the May 15th meeting? A lot of people expressed that they really appreciated the ISA presentation and the Q&A session. Um, and then the next question, in terms of what needed improvement, we heard several things um, such as, you know, uh, information that was shared about the data requests and just capacity to fulfill those data requests. Um, and I do want to point out one comment uh, that is uh, someone said that they do not have access to the dashboard. We did make that data available. so. I invite you all, if you do, if you want to just reach out to me in an email, if you're not having access to that data dashboard, I can send it to you. Make sure you have access to it and so that you can actually see the data that's being completed. All right. 
And then the final question, sharing suggestions for agenda topics you'd like to be considered for future meetings. There's a lot of information here. Um, we want to be able to pull out specific uh, examples and, you know, so if anything really jumps out at you, I encourage you to, to reach out to the program team, reach out to myself or folks from the city so that we can implement some of these suggestions too. And I think uh, the retreat came up a couple of times, so that'll be a topic that we talk about today as well, about the agenda topics for the retreat and just making sure we're all on the same page in terms of the objectives of the retreat. And this is going to be a collaborative process of deciding how we're going to use that time. Questions, comments about the survey? All right, we're on the ISA. I, I, I failed to. In my, in, my, in my enthusiasm to offer something else to you, I failed to acknowledge um, officials in our audience. Um, and I've done this on several occasions. I apologize, city manager, for not recognizing you. Um, but I can't see if there are others who are in public um, positions that we should acknowledge as city officials, county officials. Thank you. All right, we are on an IFA update, and the first IFA to update us will be housing. All right, and just as a reminder, we do have 10 minutes each, and then after the, after the IFAs go, there's going to be an additional 10 minutes for Q&A and discussion. Um, and we do this so that we can just stay on track, but I know that this is, this is a time that everybody wants to kind of get their questions in and really have that, that back and forth and feedback. So I'm going to limit it, but we still need to make sure we stay on track. Great. Good evening, all. My name is Paloma Nyamaris. I am the facilitator for the Housing ISA. We meet um, at the Grant Center on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month from 6 to 8 p.m. I do want to note with this month, we're meeting the second Oh yes, it's up there, the second and fourth, so it's usually the second and the third, but this month it is the second and the fourth Tuesday. Um, some of the, so much of what I'll share this evening has already been shared the last time that we presented. Um, we talked about the harms that are addressed, lack of generational wealth, stopping gentrification in black communities, lack of competent financial literacy programs for black people. Um, our recommendations overview, I'm actually, going to read that we have, we have worked on some recommendations that we had the attorneys vet through for us, and I shared this at our last meeting. One of them is immediately return all urban renewal land that's being held in moratorium by the city of Asheville to be placed aside for reparation. There's some um, working that we need to do on the language, but we are going to put forward that recommendation as well as, 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 well as explore the acquisition of underutilized and vacant land so that it will be returned in lieu of urban renewal land that was taken from the black community. Again, there's some language, there's, there's some work that we need to do with this language in order to be able to move that. Yes. Uh, just so y'all know that this, the supplemental information is on page 25 where you can follow along to the, the draft recommendations. Thank you. So again, there's some work missing that needs to be done with regards to these recommendations. And the third one is create a land acquisition program that would acquire at a minimum the amount of 
papers that was taken from black people during the urban renewal. So just wanted to kind of bring those forward. There's also some other recommendations that we're working on. We're working on breaking those into buckets. I don't have those in front of me, so I apologize. But the next time that we report out, we will share that information with you. And then going back to the presentation, we looked at recommendations overview, again, the displacement of black homes and neighborhoods due to urban renewal, return of all unused urban renewal land, which I've already spoken to, and I won't read the rest because I think they're um, already on the um, handout. And then when we talk about overlap, again, we say that the housing IFA overlaps all of the um, other IFAs. And so we're hoping that once the retreat comes, we'll be able to bring forth some of these recommendations and see how we can kind of parcel these out so that um, we're not doing double work. And how are we gaining community engagement? So we had an event, I shared this at the last meeting, we had an event on the 15th. We are doing a follow-up event. I have not gotten the um, date solidified yet, but we're looking at September. So what we plan to do is to go back and meet with community because they gave us a lot of great feedback when we had that event. Um, and to let them know, hey, this is what we've done. We heard you. Um, we presented it to the full commission. We talked to the attorney. And then this is what we're going to do um, and any next, next steps. We want community to know that we're hearing their voices um, and we definitely want to get their body in. Does anyone from the housing ISA have anything that they would like to add to what I just shared? Do I miss anything? Are there any questions? All right, you guys are making it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, again, as you're speaking, please identify for the sake of the audience that's not here. Uh, they can't see you. Uh, this is Dwight Mo. Um, it's more of a comment than an inquiry for you, but uh, the Housing and Urban Development, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, um, um, is doing major work right now on countering what happened to black communities because of urban renewal. And I'm wondering, um, it, I didn't mean to place it as a question, but I'm wondering if this is not a time, a way of thinking of leveraging what we're doing with what the feds are doing. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, I also think maybe putting together in our proposals, because we've spoken about putting together proposals of what that can look like, and so adding that into one of our proposals, we can definitely talk about that. Thank you. And the other thing I wanted to make sure that we brought up, I'll give you in just a second, Tiffany. Um, we talked about, you know, the um, legacy neighborhoods. I know there's a presentation that's going to be taking place this evening with regards to that. So we're also making sure that we want to make sure that we are um, including these legacy neighborhoods and we're reaching out. So that's part of our community, community engagement, um, making sure that we're reaching out to these neighborhoods and hearing their voices as well. Tiffany. Thank you. This is Tiffany Zabolo. My question is around the recommendations overview. Mm -hmm. um, you're mentioning return of all unused urban renewal land immediately. So is that, like, has that been covered through uh, legal in terms of can we see something like this actually happening? Because yeah. this is, it is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, one of the, Brad <laughs> um, and through actually we said that to legal and um, Brad sent back some information to us. So that's why I said it needs to be some words. Maybe Brad, I don't know if you would like to add to or kind of share what took place. Sure, fine. Everybody hear me okay? I will go to the mic if you can. 
Um, obviously, this is preliminary in nature uh, in that we give our initial thoughts and considerations, the concerns that we have, but every final sort of recommendation or uh, advice that uh, the county attorney or myself would provide to our relative governing boards uh, would be based on the exact language of the final uh, recommendation. So I know we're still working progress at this point. What we have said is that you know, if we're defining what return is, I think mm -hmm. some of the language that we've heard is maybe going ahead and setting that land aside that has been acquired by either the city or county bureau of renewal and dedicating it towards the purposes of reparations without us knowing yet what exactly that would mean. In other words, that kind of approach as opposed to giving land from the city to county back to an individual or a group of individuals um, it is, I think, something, the former is something that absolutely is a much easier legal path for us to do. So that's the communication we've had with this group so far. And my final, um, is there a longevity plan? So, for example, this, um, this goal, it's going to span well after this commission is here. So is there like a longevity plan? to make sure or ensure once we make, you know, we, we will disband, how will we see this through? And ha have y'all had that conversation? I will say that we had conversations about what's going to happen afterwards. So I know that we've um, talked about the possibility of like, is this something that RSAA can hold, right, as we talk about land. Um, we're not sure, right? Um, so we are having the conversation. There's, there's definitely concern about what will happen afterwards and how, you know, and where would that, where would that land sit, and then who would make the decisions on what happens with that land. So the conversations are being had. We don't have a, a concrete plan at this, at this point, but the conversations are being had. Thank you for your question. Thank you. Yes. Sandra Peters. Uh, I was at your first community engagement meeting, and there was a lot of. Uh, shared, I guess a lot of communities shared about education. Mm -hmm. Do y'all have any components of education as far as whether it's acquiring, purchasing, wealth development plans as far as educating uh, our people in regards to your tactics and recommendations? Yes, thank you, Tom. Great question. We have been having conversations about what the education piece could look like, and we also want to get with the education IFA to talk about um, that. Again, that's probably over that. So the conversation that we've been having is um, we talk about air property, right, and how to keep property within the family. I'm mean, educating people on that. Thank you. Um, so we are talking about the education piece. We will put that in a proposal of what that could look like, but we also would like to get with the IFA, um, the education IFA, mm -hmm. to kind of figure out what that could look like and the possibility. Yeah. Any other questions? Yes, MZ. MZ, Yehuda. Um, question about the housing recommendations with responses from city and county attorney. Page. 26. I'm looking at the end of item 2 and the end of item 3. The response from the attorney, I believe, stating that the recipient of the land should not be limited based upon race. How is 
this city and the county prepared to challenge this um, based upon this being reparations for black ashes? Great question. I wish I had the answer to that question. That's something that, yeah, that's something that we're taking a deeper dive into. So we received the response, and Brad, I'll give you an opportunity to, to share um, the comment. Um, we've taken a deeper dive into it, um, but we haven't come. In, we haven't come up with um, what that will look like. So Brad, if you want to, um, thanks a lot. Um, the answer is we're researching it right now. We're looking into that closer. I can tell you that. What we feel most comfortable with is that real estate that's being held by the city or county that came to those entities through um, urban renewal, for instance, uh, could be dedicated towards reparations efforts. Now, if you want to say that the city land or the county land has to be conveyed in some way, we have a really strict set of state laws that tells us how we're allowed to convey land and under what circumstances we can convey land. And it's heavily, heavily restricted. Now, we can utilize land for certain purposes. So that gives us a lot more authority. So we're researching what avenues we would have to be able to utilize land, um, even if it's not owned at the end of the day by the city or the county in a way that fulfills a public purpose as outlined in the statute. That takes some research. So that's what we're looking into right now, seeing how we would go about fulfilling these uh, recommendations, what options we can give that would keep us clear of the state law limitations. So to be determined. <laughs> by court personnel. 
and they feel that the IFA that just overlaps with is education. The next is Asheville, Buncombe County Pledge of Support to Future Legislative Initiatives, whose goal is to provide underlying stability to the recommendations made by this commission and overall vision of the reparations um, resolution. There was no specific harms that were being addressed at this time, but the overlap is um, additional language to support HR 40, Commission to Study and Develop Reparation Proposals for African American Act, and cre create tribunal support for legislative, community organizations, etc., that serves as accountability group or commission for future recommendations and implement implementation initiatives. <coughs> An additional recommendation is invest in additional practices that increase the safety and reduce the harmful effects of arrest of black people. What harms are addressed um, are reduced, less fines, and criminalization. And are asking for additional language perpetually fund an independent commission as determined by the actual Buncombe Reparations Commission to sustain success and implement the Reparations Commission's recommendations. Reinvest the use of criminal legal system resources and invest instead in the support of community-based services for black youth, women, and men arrested for non-violent, low-level offenses. Um, the overlap is not noted here, but additional requests specifically define what community-based services are. Reimagine the Asheville Police Department and Buncombe County Sheriff's Department according to the black community's input and best practices for public safety. It's also a recommendation that we're looking at. And a new recommendation is the immediate release of all black people incarcerated for petty crimes who are being held in the detention center. And I believe that's it. I will add that we are working on a community engagement event for um, criminal justice as well. We're, um, we haven't confirmed the date as of yet, but I believe it's going to be sometime in August. And so there are some questions in the survey that we're going to put together with CRJC to go out to the community to get their feedback prior to this meeting, this community engagement meeting, so that we can kind of have some feedback and then be prepared when we go out to the does anyone have any questions for me with regards to criminal justice? I have a question. Yes. Christine Edwards here. My question is, um, how is your group um, sort of prioritizing or categorizing some of your recommendations? In, in your conversations, do you think that some will rise to the top and, and really kind of have more people get behind one over the other? Or in terms of the criminal justice IFA, is it we really want to do all, you know, policy, training, policing, all of it? Or is it, you know, are you all having those conversations at this point? We are. So we've broken them down into buckets. I apologize because I don't have the budget here with me. And so I'm just, okay, and you can come up and share those buckets. Or, or well, you can speak right there. That's fine. <laughs> if you can share the buckets, they, they are broken down into buckets, and then we have the recommendations under different buckets. Thank you. Policing reform, state policy, reform courts, 
training, criminal justice professionals, programs, community education, black representation, school to prison, and then accountability. Accountability. Okay. And then I'll make sure that I share that with you, Christine, so you can have that. I think we have it. If yeah, yeah. So one thing I'm on the part of that group. Oh, one a little. I'm part of the group too. Um, one thing that we have been doing, I sort of touch base is like, in most of IFAs that um, I've attended has been talking about like, how do you, how do you have one without the other? Because in order for this to be truly successful. Like prioritizing and hoping they choose what you prioritize is one thing, but submitting it as this is this is what it's gonna to take to see some real impact and a real shift, and and what we're trying to do to really realize, like fully realize what our um, outcomes for this process is. It's it's gonna be all, you know what I mean? And so, like, I feel like. Like prioritizing, like the term maybe is what's throwing me off because it's like we need all of these. You can't have school to prison pipeline reform and the criminal justice side and decriminalize, but the police don't have training that they need to to be culturally conscious of who they speak to. Like you can't. A lot of times you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. And so as as we continue to work through it, that'll be like you're probably going to get all about it. You know what I mean? Because you cannot, a lot of times you cannot have one without the other. So this notion of prioritizing, oh, oh, we want this more, is not realistic. Because the problem is more than one thing that we're addressing with the recommendations. Across all the IFAs, they address them like generations and generations of issues. And so I just like to caution the, the term of prioritizing or saying, oh, we want this, and you don't have to give us this if you give us this, because that's not the reality. It takes all of it most of the time in order to really influence the change that we're striving to pursue at this as a commission. And then with the ones that we also spoke about creating, um, developing our proposals, and um, requesting how that could look, yeah. right? Um, so we will be putting together proposals for criminal justice as well to show or to help the city and the county um, help us to be able to move this forward. Any other questions, comments? Mm. All right, thank you all for your time. Thank you. Economic
a guaranteed income program, which is something that has been piloted in 100 cities at least exceeding Durham. So we know that there's a legal precedent for it in the state of North Carolina. So in order to be very eager to think through that and happy to have any input on that recommendation and any other recommendations as well. Um, but tonight, uh, you're going to hear from Tim Jones and T on two recommendations. So Tim is going to talk about an economic development center for Black Asheville. Good evening. Uh, I am Marie from the first economic uh, development uh, page. Uh, our meeting is the first Thursday of each month at 6 p.m. at the Burton Street Community Center. Our members are Dwayne Barton, Dwayne Richardson, Steve Williams, Bernard Oliphant, Linda McDowell, and Raymana Water. So our proposal uh, is economic is a economic development center for Black Asheville. The key harms addressed, multiple successful black communities have been destroyed in or taken or removal, racial wealth gap, racial disparities in business ownership, disparities in economic development, and investment from the city and county. Our proposal overview, uh, we were very excited at our last meeting to discuss this, uh, is to create an economic development center for small business development, workforce, workforce development, financial literacy, and accessing financial resources. Uh, this center would be for us, by us, and to meet people where they are. Um, housed in the executive office building with centralized services that provide holistic support. Um, we also talked about um, to build on and utilize land taken or urban renewal, um, intake assessments to see where people are and to support with resources, uh, connect, connect, connect people with grants, technical assistance, training, incubator space. Uh, important to include child care, um, land for farmers uh, in, the, this, in the building. We like to have realtors, lawyers, um, and black home financial institutions um, and a connection to other IFAs for holistic solutions. So with the Economic Development Center, um, what was exciting about it was uh, the vision that we were talking was like this one-stop shop that would have each of the five IFAs in it where people can come and we can meet them where they are, um, hopefully take care as many of their, of their helping support them in, in whatever it is that they're feeling like they're needing. We have all heard from different people um, about what it is that they're missing in Asheville, what we would like to see, and so we want to get all of that information and we want to invite all of the different um, ISA groups to come to meet with us so that we can um, work more on this plan. Um, so it was really exciting and, uh, and we're all looking forward to meeting with the other ISA groups. Uh, the services will incorporate all other ISAs um, for the economic development, um, and we will be discussing this proposal at the next ISA meeting on Thursday, July 6th. So we hope that all commission members and the public are invited to come and to give input. And then I'll pass it over to you.
as you're making your plans for the incubators, are you taking in your budget, your considerations for like startup restaurants that are starting up? Because if you're talking about a basement, there are real a lot of restrictions on incubators and restaurant startups. Let me put it this way, since I own a few restaurants. Uh, okay. You don't start a restaurant off in the basement and it certainly don't belong in a business incubator. That's right. Or so you've got something like uh, at Inca Campus, uh, where you would have a facility where they can come in and maybe prepare some things, mm -hmm. wrap sandwiches perhaps, or do it in another location. But certainly a business incubator is not a fitting space for a restaurant. It is all, it is mostly education and mostly simulation. It is not an actual space. What you're talking about is probably something like a business hub. Yeah, business incubator. A business incubator. So if you, when we look around our communities of our black people, most of the businesses are restaurants. That's what they're trying to start. A lot of them are restaurants. And so I want to make sure that when you're looking at basements, you are looking at, you know, Something similar to where you can put in some hoods and all that. Oh, oh. I've owned enough of them to know that you okay. don't put a restaurant in a basement. Okay. And this incubator is not a hood. That is a, a concept that would be used somewhere else, okay. making simulation or whatever. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for your question. Y'all can still keep going. Are there any more questions? for this group. So um, we move into our follow-up discussion and we have 10 minutes for any other discussions with the collective presentation. So if y'all have any more questions or things y'all would like to discuss about what you've seen from our update, now is the time. Yes. Um, I guess this question, is, again, this is Tiffany Devolo. This goes to both ISAs that presented. So uh, I love the budget. I appreciate that. What's the difference between um, what the economic, what the housing, I believe, development uh -huh. is speaking in terms of getting back the land and then refurbishing or revitalizing these current uh, parks and rec buildings or I would like to address that. This is Dee Williams. Uh, one of the things that I look at is not only uh, uh, urban renewal land, but all city-owned land. It would be a fitting place to locate a small business incubator, as is uh, the Burton Street Center. But there are other underutilized city buildings that these would that would also adequately fit, and that is why we are preparing to give or hopefully uh, have enough money where the various six neighborhoods could come in with their ideas and create whatever they would want to be. Perhaps they see a building they want that the city has uh, that they might want to put an enterprise in. That is what we do. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes. So, Father and Peter, uh, I just wanted to say that love the idea of the, the hub, the education IFA uh, actually have a similar recommendation that uh, we've got brewing so a lot of us were smiling when we saw uh, you present that so I think that just as a model for recommendations is that all I should, should look to have something of a hub uh, 
is a part of a recommendation. I think that that's something that's feasible, it gives back, and it, it links uh, everything that we're trying to do together so that, you know, our people can come in and, and eat and, and get fed without having to go all across where they are. So I think this is a good model for something special, and so I'm glad to see that another uh, IFA is on board with the thinking cap like, like uh, others are. So just wanted to share that. Okay. Thank you, Dwight Mullen. Uh, you're the Economic Development Center really on it. I, I'd like to add one component in that um, once it's established that its operating budget, its, its maintenance, its, its physicality becomes part of the annual appropriations of the city and the county as a joint effort. Mm -hmm. um, our community is, does not have the resources necessary to sustain many institutions um, without joint supports from the city and from the county. Um, but if we put it up, we should be able to guarantee its continuation. Uh, you know, I'm so sorry. I, I meant to interject. One of the things, I'm glad the city manager is sitting here because we talked about community benefits. And that is something the city has taken up on our behalf. But one of the things that we probably need to do is become more uh, adept at negotiating for ourselves because once we identify our hubs we can do like LA and Detroit did when hoteliers come in and develop we can negotiate for money for our own hubs mm -hmm. so let's not forget about our community benefits agreement please thank you well, this, is, this means my final question uh, this is to the whole the, the entire uh, reparations commission do we, or have your IFA been talking about like a, a contingency plan for if in case our recommendations are shot down, we have a plan B or we know which way to go so that we're not stifled in our movement? Mm -hmm. And you can answer that or we can, you know, unpack it later. But we need to create at least Monero institution, a chair, a foundation, or whatever. I mean, it's up to y'all how you want to do that. Uh, something to a vessel that will hold that, if you will a community development corporation don't know if that's appropriate but whatever you do need to do that and then with that entity in place um, and the, 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 the thought process intact and, and everything cogent I don't see a reason why this would not be brought to fruition I do not see that because we need it let us not start talking about being defeated let us not do that let us talk about putting together the proposals, the budgets, and getting this process underway. I think Dwayne Barton, and I think too we should have people focusing on certain aspects of this. Like some people check the harm, some lay the landscape, and some implement and sustain. I, I keep saying that, but we're not moving towards that. So we don't have everybody in a traffic jam on one subject. That this is a big deal. We need because we have enough talent in the room to make this hustle real. Yes, sir. I think yes. We need to do that, and we need to hopefully at this retreat, we can 
we can organize ourselves accordingly based on our skill set and what we bring to the table. Yes, sir. I just wanted to kind of lift up again, kind of going back to the opening remarks by Chair um, about us defining what reparations are. And, you know, if you're a body that's agreed to give recommendations, to give reparations, you don't define what reparations are. You allow the people that are part of the commission, part of the community, to actually define that. So um, the restrictions that may be in place are not something that I don't think we as commissioners should actually abide by. Um, we have to actually define what it is that we want in order to repair the harm that has been done to us. Um, and leave it to the attorneys to kind of figure out what the challenges are after that. But I think we have to lift up the things that we need in order to repair the harm so that we all um, black folks and the rest of the folks in the world could actually um, improve our relationships and, and move forward. Um, we're doing pretty good on time. We're at 6.50. We're uh, scheduled to move to old business. Do you want to see if there's any other comments? Yeah. Is there any more comments? Yeah, I'd like to make Yes, sir. Uh, Dwayne McAfee. The chair started out our meeting talking about uh, we should not be taking anything off the table. And I especially appreciate that because that's been one of the things I've been harping on. We have our own personal opinions about reparations. But when it comes to the committee, I would like and hope that we can start talking with one voice. So um, anyone that has suggested that cash should not be on the table, I have disagreed with immediately. There is nothing that should be off of the table. We have been shackled and, and in bondage throughout our history. Let's not shackle ourselves right now. Let's be bold, let's think bold, and let's stop asking for stuff and start demanding. I hate this asking. I'm not asking for anything. I'm demanding that there's a change. I'm demanding that there's accountability. We need a hub. I, I so appreciate different groups talking about a building, a community. I don't care what we call it. But there needs to be a place where we can all get information under one roof. It should have already been done. And that's where overlap needs to take place on all of the IFAs. Every IFA, we want overlap in this area. We want a space. We want it immediately, if not yesterday. Please, people. Thank you. Any more comments? I have one, please. <laughs> Bernard Allison. It has been said or alluded to in several different ways. A reparations committee management structure and a better place to put that management structure is inside this one-stop hub. We need a management structure that can kind of oversee 
And you might not like the word prioritization, but at some point you gotta pick and choose what's important right now and move it out. You can't do everything at one time. Some things we're gonna have to do in steps or and set milestones. And that management structure can help us prioritize, set milestones, and help us move forward. And as Mr. McAfee said, we need that hub immediately, or that management structure needs to be established and set up within that hub, which would bring in every IFA immediately. Um, I wanted to make a suggestion and just see what the chair and vice chair think about this with the agenda. We have our old business schedule up next, but I want to make sure that there's sufficient time to talk about the agenda topics for the retreat. So I was wondering if we could move item A up and hear from our speakers for five minutes and then go back to old business? Are you talking about the new business? Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I, yeah, item A, are the Arterial yeah. Collective. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to move to item A under new business, which is the Arteria Collective. And I think we have a number of speakers here and youth, and I want to go ahead and introduce them. Are you, if you're ready. <laughs> and do they have a presentation? Okay. All right. There we are. Let's give it up. Yeah. <laughs> So I know that I am missing another um, member who is stuck in traffic. So um, if she walks through, we're just going to all clap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we will do that. Um, but I am Elizabeth Garland, and I am the project manager for Arteria Collective with the Youth Documentation Team that's standing behind me. Um, I am really excited because I think it's just important to center youth in the conversation, especially if we're talking about corporations <coughs> for the next generation. So I'm wondering if there is a clicker. Oh, just kidding. There you go.
And um, what I do, a part of that, is I interview and I guess you could say take notes on different people that are, I would say, prominent and prevalent within the actual black actual community and actual community in general. Um, just to give an insight and see about their views and what they think about how we can distribute um, actual reparations and what can we do and what part of actual can we put it in. Like for example, like maybe for like mental health or education or housing, like things like that. Um, one person I know I did interview was Dr. Dwight Mullen. <laughs> and how he, his point of view and his perspective on, you know, what goes on within how he conducts and um, works these things and how he feels like over the next few years what will actually be and how can we distribute these reparations. So that is what I do. Thank you. My name is Alex Clark, and everything you just heard is Issei. I'm the one with the camera behind it and filming everything. I also attend um, events, and I take pictures with my camera. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm the camera behind everything. I'm alongside these lovely people here, meeting everybody in the community, hearing everyone's perspectives. I don't necessarily understand everything that's going on right now, but if I did, I'm kind of getting the hang of everything, you know? Hello, everyone. My name is Imani Bellamy, and I just want to put a little quote in our slide today. It says, history gives answers only to those who know how to ask questions, and we really want to... Um, emphasize asking questions, especially when we do not know the answer, mm -hmm. and the importance of knowing our history, and so that we don't repeat the same mistakes that past people in our lives have already made. Thank you. All right. So now we're going to play a brief snippet, I think.
it would be easier for the black community Actually, it's the kind of capitalism I see benefiting the top one percent. That's what I want for the ninety nine percent of which we are part. You see, one of the things I've experienced is that wealthy people don't worry about life. They don't worry about eating, living inside. They don't worry about the health care. When they need something, it's available. I, if that's possible, then it's possible. Then let's do that. You know, and, and what I see, you know, I'm doing tactics, right? And I'm looking at people who are paying home taxes. You understand that? You can have an economic model that yeah. people are like living the life and there's no taxes. Why can't we have an economic model that meets these basic needs that create a humane society? and translate that into ways that are viable through our institutions. Um, and, I, and I think it's inevitable. Is that as long as it's not happening, we're going to have instability. You know, and as long as we have instability, we're going to cut into profit margins. So we figure out how to make a profit off the instability. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So would you flip that? Would you be like, the wealthy, the upper class, pay taxes, and maybe the middle class, but more class, the light middle class, workers class, basically, don't mm -hmm. pay taxes. <laughs> we, we experimented with that, and it started working, we backed off. Mm -hmm. After World War II, we had a huge Hi, everybody. My name is Ian Mosley, and I'm a part of the Ashbury. Hi everybody, my name is Lucy and I'm a part of the Ashley Versus So if we could take it back to the entire slideshow. Thank you. Yay, Logan. Alright, so the full video will be um, available to see and it is something that is absolutely amazing. I do want to kind of bring some of our young people up again and see like what they think in terms of changes um, that they want to see in their community.
eat healthy and not conventional foods. Um, it costs a lot to be able to eat healthy. And so usually within those um, areas, it's a lot of unhealthy food choices. And so making air being letting you be able to make those foods affordable because everybody deserves to live a long, healthy life, not just the people that can afford and attain or be able to obtain those foods. Um, also, mental health. Um, I would like to see more, I guess, distribution with like therapists and social work within um, the black community. You know, generational trauma really does take a toll on our mental health. And even though sometimes you may not see it, things you do within your life can come from or contribute from generational trauma if you might not know. And also, like what Imani said, um, with healthcare. Um, especially maternal health, um, the still birth rate amongst black women has went up. Um, now it is five times more likely than their white counterparts, and also the black woman mortality rate when giving birth has also went up from 3% to 3.5%, times more likely to die during childbirth. So I'd like to see more adequate health care and resources distributed. Um, that's what I would like to see change within. Thank you. I'm Bob Clark. I'd like to see uh, <coughs> with the school system. And right now, my father works in the school system, and he always talks about how the more trouble kids, they don't really have anywhere to go sometimes, and he feels that the school doesn't necessarily give them the tools to help those children help those children through it or kind of support them in any way rather than just send them to detention or send them home and not really give them the support they need. So I can't take any credit for this presentation, um, and I also do want to have some amazing shout-outs. So I've got London behind me, who is our photojournalist. For And so I'm going to leave this here. In, in what ways can we start making space for young adults to have a voice, um, specifically around the reparations conversation? And so that's part of what our documentation team is doing, but um, also thinking uh, a larger capacity. And then also questions to think on a day-to-day. -day. In what ways? Do I make space for students or young people to have a voice um, that is heard? So I'm going to leave that there. And also, if anyone has any questions, um, especially not for me, <laughs> any questions? Tiffany Devlo here again. Great job, everyone. Thank you. My question is around, um, I know that your voice is being heard because you're a part of this project, but as you're in your day-to-day -day routine at school, um, have you been having more conversation with your peers around reparations? Have they asked you about what you're doing in terms of this particular project? <laughs> Thank you. 
That's a very good question. <laughs> um, see, I go to a PWI. Um, I go to Carolina Day School. It's a private, predominantly white institution. So these conversations I do have is not easy, but we do have these conversations because my school does. I can't say it is more pro it is progressive and does allow these conversations to happen, though it is not easy because we are around some conservatives that don't like critical race theory, that don't want these conversations or don't want to be taught, but it must be taught. And then, because it's history that should not be touched on the rug because black history, and especially African American history, is American history because it happened on American soil. So therefore, oh, it should be taught. So, um, I can't say yes, I do talk to my peers about it. Um, I am a school community leader that do hold these conversations, so I can't say yes, I do. But it, it is not easy given that I am only one of few at a predominantly white institution. Excellent, thank you. Mm -hmm. Hello, um, one thing that I usually talk about from my perspective is the racial equity ambassador program where you focus on integrating more culture into our school curriculum and how teachers make sure they talk about different cultures within our school and it being taught and not just talking about white culture and what the white man wants us to know about history. And so one thing that we talk about day to day is like how can we um, how can teachers we teach teachers how to be more racially aware and to not just kind of share things and not be a revolution anymore but to actually like have some conversations. And it's been hard because what are you going to talk about in math class? But <laughs> you can still talk about the different mathematicians that are around and things like that. So thank you. Imani, that's what Asheville City Schools Foundation? Yes. The re oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Keeping on the agenda, um, technically, uh, uh, we should be going to be under Roman numeral six, uh, retreat agenda topics. But if you don't mind, I'd like to collect your cards and, uh, and go directly to new business uh, um, um, offering B uh, and hear from the legacy community, the le le legacy neighborhoods. If you have uh, items you would like to see on the retreat agenda, to please use the index cards. And I'm writing off the cinema, um, but for purposes of giving enough time for presentation and then the round table of the commissioners, um, I'd like to go to uh, B and hear from the legacy community. Awesome. Thank you. So as you can see, we have, we have several legacy neighborhoods, but just for today, we are just going to hear from one of the legacy neighborhoods, and then we're hoping that in future meetings we're going to invite more to come and, and speak on these questions. And it's an informal presentation, but we're hoping to hear about what planning efforts are underway in your neighborhood or community, what stories do you believe need to be told, share the vision of what your neighborhood would look like with reparative justice, and let us know what specific harms should be addressed. And just really just share those stories. And of course, we have Dwayne Barton representing Burton Street. Um, good evening. And uh, the current planning efforts are underway 
and the Burton Street community is uh, the Burton Street neighborhood plan. We are trying to work with DOT to get maximum benefit for a plan we um, created around 2010. And uh, that process has been a little challenging. It's been like, like a, it's been a little challenging to get uh, support from uh, institutions and other organizations to add some additional capacity to to what the community laid out about what they want would like to see for their neighborhood. Uh, it's a pretty massive project that's going to affect not only Burden Street but Hillcrest, even around Pisgaview. Uh, uh, and uh, we was just hoping that we could get uh, a little bit more support around around getting maximum benefit for this highway expansion. This being the third time that a highway project like this is coming through our neighborhood. And even though we've been designated as an environmental justice community, we, in my opinion, haven't seen that rush of support that we would like. Uh, another planning thing that's going on is our neighborhood is flipping. So a lot of new people coming in and you ask them, well, and they're very happy to be in the community. So what we try to do is map the neighborhood and get those new individuals in the community to understand where they move to and understand what the past and future challenges are and what is their time, power, and treasure that they can give to help support the community to uh, make uh, the goals real in the neighborhood. That was just going on in our neighborhood. It's like, um, we're trying to plan, like the city is planning on redeveloping the Burton Street, uh, the outside of the Burton Street Community Center. And what we're trying to do is position young people and adults who live in that community to rebuild uh, and be the ones that's hired to do that work. A lot of times, we remember when our structures in our neighborhoods have been torn down, and I think now is the time that we can plug in our um, young people and adults to help rebuild those spaces. So we're trying to work with uh, uh, Wall and the, and the guy over the city department to try to figure out, okay, how do we make this real? Now, the real reason we're trying to do this is because we want to create a blueprint that we can replicate in other communities. It's just not just for Burton Street, it's, it's for the entire city. But some, one community has to take the lead to you know, show everybody what it can look like. Another thing that's happening in our neighborhood is like, well, up here, I got all these plans and I showed it at my iPad for all these different initiatives that we put out when we tried to flip, um, turn the Burton Street Center into the E.W. Pearson Center of Innovation. We went through, went through and even put some numbers up on this one, and we had 4.5 million when we, wanted, when we planned this out. And I appreciate the other numbers that was put out there. Uh, this is a, another plan that we created for the neighborhood. This was in a uh, 2011, about putting the technology center in the basement. We didn't run the numbers for this, but another plan the neighborhood created 
you know, motivated to do something to improve itself, and that's uh, 2011. Another one we did was this uh, African American Infrastructure and Facilities Project. And this, I see on the earlier slide with the numbers, it talked about hiring a consultant. But we know that there's a lot of consultants in the neighborhood that just be overlooked and not valued. So in this one, we put some more numbers on this one, like how do we get people from the neighborhood to you know, put money in their hands to be the ones who help rebuild their community. This is another one we did. This is one we did when we broke down the numbers too. We broke down the numbers for a comprehensive plan for youth, adults, consultants, and they would, you know, so it's broken out. So you run the first pilot in the neighborhood who can align all these people from the neighborhood, and then you would, uh, you would replicate it in shallow and even the other housing communities. Uh, so that last question I want to say is, uh, you said, what can the community restore to justice? Yeah. Restore to justice is, if we jumping through all these hoops, y'all know how hard it is to get an African-American community to come together and create plans for itself when it's historically been crushed and smashed? This is an amazing amount of work that was done. That's been ignored over 10 to 15 years. Now, this is reparations in the sky. Drop the bag. <laughs> the last thing I want to say is that um, we've been waiting. Like I said, this is, uh, we've been waiting for a long time. Now, we talked about the business incubator over at Bird Street. But the city is on the hook for building and restoring the infrastructure at the Burton Street Community Center based on the highway expansion. That's in the plan. They are obligated to check off the box to do the, uh, the revitalization of the Burton Street Community Center. But because we've been waiting so long to, to, to make it real, we decided that we would go ahead and like our communities have always did. Our community didn't wait for somebody to come and help them do it. Jim Crow segregation didn't allow them to do it. It was legally okay to say no to the black community every day, all day. They had no love. But it didn't stop them from building. So we're not waiting. And we're trying to build. We're building a business incubator on Burke Street that's directly tied to the highway expansion. And that's what's so blowing my mind, because I know how much work and effort it takes to do something like this, that I don't see no momentum coming our way. And we've been able to raise $1.5 million and more money on the way. But the local institutions and organizations are still moving in slow motion. And I don't understand. Now, some other things that's going on, we have another disparity study. We got this land of sky doing, raising, trying to get 500,000 for African American cemeteries. How do we leverage all this motion, like you talked about her? How do we leverage all these activities and bring us under one umbrella and make the hustle real? Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you.
So we are now about to have the go back to old business, um, the audit RFP update. Yes. So this is going to be a very quick update. Um, the audit RFP has closed. It closed on June 8th, and Buncombe County has received proposals from vendors. And now uh, we are going to be starting the evaluation and selection process. And I'm looking at I'm looking at Buncombe County over here just to kind of confirm that's really as much as we can share at this point. We've received proposals. The RFP is still on track to be, um, the auditor is still on track to be approved and selected by, I want to say July 3rd or the week of July 3rd. And um, there are several members of the commission that are on the selection committee. So that is already built in. Um, and stay tuned. I think that's as much as we can share. All right. Oh, business. B, retreat agenda topics. How are we going to so, um, There are topics, suggested topics, are on page 30, which is in the back of your packet. Um, and again, these are suggested topics because we, we don't, we wanted to make sure that we're not missing anything, but we wanted to just provide some suggestions to start the conversation. And also for the retreat, the date has been confirmed for Saturday, July 29th. The time, we're looking at 10 a.m. to 3. It, it could change if we need it to, but we're looking at 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And we're looking at the, the space is um, this room. So it's going to be here at the, um, the Harris Center for the retreat. So um, I don't know if you want to go through some of these topics or how would you want to just hear from folks? Uh, okay. So um, I would like to open it up for comments. Um, are there any comments on the potential agenda topics and flow of the retreat agenda? Yes, Mr. So McAfee. Dwayne McAfee, I did the I just read down here and I started to list these by number and when you get to the big picture to find reparations, I put that number one and number two suggested uh, objectives, discuss shared goals and the purpose of the retreat. I think if we can handle these two items, um, we would really be doing ourselves as a body a benefit and that would help us uh, be more purposeful as we move forward. Any more comments? Tiffany Devlo here again. Just in terms of the time, 10 to 3, um, is there a possibility, <coughs> possibility to make it a little earlier? That, that is the last Saturday where we host Black Love. And I mean, I know it's not just about me and what's going on, but if I can just ask that we end maybe at two instead of three, would that push us to have to go to nine? And would that be too much? So that's not too early. Okay. Like for me, I think my um, I'll be having to get my 
my child, my kids mm-hmm. situated. And so that's a different time thing. Now would be too early for me. But um, I'm not sure. I will move however the commission would like to move on the time. It doesn't. Like, I will make adjustments if I need to. Tiffany, we're going to meet on, <coughs> we're going to meet on Wednesday um, to discuss some of the details of the retreat. So let's let's work that time out and we'll keep in mind the 10 to 2 time frame. I'll make note of it. Thank you. And I have one more uh, item. So under governance and next steps, the second bullet, discuss and prioritize remaining project timeline. Is there any um, room to make a suggestion that we extend this Yes, you can wake up. Okay, if you want, feel free. (laughs) (laughs) With consideration of the chair and vice chair, the commitment that you've already uh, put in. I'll make that recommendation. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Ms. Harrison. Joyce Harrison. Is there any time for any breakout sessions for? different groups to meet individually, say um, housing meet with education, um, health and wellness meet with education, uh, different different groups because the education part is a big piece of this reparation. So at some point all of the IFA groups need to be talking to education about what we need to do. Is there a time for breakout sessions? Yes, we can definitely schedule it in. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Yes, Bernard Allison, under the big picture, can we also try to cover compensation for those harmed? Yes, Mr. Harris. Was there some information on the facilitator? Yeah, it was a link um, in the email. It's okay. a link that um, connects to a profile of her. Okay, thank you. I can give you some context on that. If you go to traumainformedinstitute.com, um, you'll be able to read about her organization. And the reason that we're looking at this facilitator is because she has a lot of experience in leading groups through sort of grounding and collaboration, especially that groups that are impacted by trauma. And I think that from what I'm hearing, that is one of the elements that has been missing from this process, this idea of healing and approaching talking amongst one another about healing and how that happens. So that is why we recommended um, this facilitator as somebody that could be a good option. Mm-hmm. Asheville has been known Did to you have a eat facilitators alive. I'm sorry? The Asheville has been known to eat facilitators I'll tell her. We're good at it. We're good at it. I think we have some good facilitators amongst our IFA. Yeah, we can. Yeah, for sure. It's all in your availability. For sure. Any recommendations? Oh, yeah, I have a recommendation for Dr. Lavender, if that's possible. 
I think, <laughs> I think she's done a great job with the education I think. Um, and I think that the commission can benefit from, from utilizing her expertise um, in, in moving this thing forward. Heard. Yeah. It may also be beneficial to have someone that's already dealt with us, that's familiar with us. Some of us can be quite difficult. You know, while you all are um, contemplating with this retreat and the formation and topics and all, I, I have a suggestion that I personally would appreciate. I think so many of you who have deep astral roots, um, you take it for granted that we know who you're talking about. And one of the issues of urban renewal that we're confronting is that if we're talking about property, just as one example, we can go into the other eye phase too, it would help to know the people who were actually displaced, the names of the people uh, who are actually displaced. That's true. I, it, it, it's, it's personal, but it's also important in terms of how do we give it back and we don't know who you are? But also, these people may not be around anymore or they may not have heirs. And then we need to talk about the nature of the community to whom that land should be given back. Um, so I, if, if you could take periodically, a name come to you, jot it down, send it to us, that, that would be really good as we accumulate. Um, that information is just not available. So we, we ran into it in a number of circumstances that we couldn't trace the bank. We don't know what happened to it. So, let me give you a, an example. Oh. Where the Martin Luther King statues at in the park? There was a house there, and that house is there. And there was an older couple. Louder, there was, please. There was an older couple that lived in that house there, and when urban renewal came through, they couldn't keep it up, and so they ended up, I think, going over to Klondike, and they finished their life in Klondike. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of their descendants are in Asheville anymore. So like you said, when it gets to that, it's like, okay, here's the family, was affected. None of them live here anymore. But they were greatly affected by what had happened to them because after a while, it, you, don't, you don't have anything to come back to. It's almost like you sell grandmother's house, grandma's house. Sometimes that will break up the whole family and you don't have anything to come back to. So I think that's, that's one project we should take on. I think UNC has, has already done some studies on that. Homes that are no longer, that were there, but they are no longer even physically, anything could tell you that it was a house here. Yeah. UNC has already. Yeah. I just wanted to say that those of us that have, my name is Bobette Mays, Thank you. <laughs> Nobody sounds like me before. <laughs> what I want to say is there are those of us in this room that were raised up during that era. So we know the harm. We felt the harm. If those are the stories that you would like to hear, I think that would be something that during the retreat that you might want to hear. And as I look back of being raised in Stumptown, we can't get Stumptown back. But we can't keep talking about what used to be. Mm -hmm. We got to, that's what's holding us back. 
we got to start talking about what we're going to do going forward because we can't, we can't, we can't replace all of that. I can tell you the names of people in Stumptown where my street is still there, but the people over from me that lost all of I can tell you their names because we were all like this. So I know where they are. I know who they are. I know what happened to them. And all of them that I know had to end up going to Hillcrest. That's where they went. And other people know. We got people over in uh, Bartlett Arms that lost their homes in, in Southside. The generations that could not do any better that are still in that. So if we're going to talk about that, that would be something that we could really talk about at the retreat. So you all that have, don't know that experience, don't know how we felt, because we're still dealing with the harm. We're still living the harm, believe me. Everything from education, economic development, housing, all health, disparities, all of that, we are living that now. And I always say we probably have PTSD from <laughs> what we experienced. So those stories would be poignant and important, I think. Okay, um, I had a couple of points. Um, as part of the agenda for the retreat, if we could not forget about black people that were former residents of Asheville or Buncombe County, maybe forced out because of harms, maybe that's something we consider when we're having discussions. Um, and then I, I just wanted to kind of ask a question about, I'm seeing this sign up going around for this uh, reparations conversations. Can I hear some more about what that is? Yes. And then another question, oh, yeah. are there other dates that we can consider for that, not just Saturday? I think that's a good question, MZ. Um, so that is a paper version of the sign-up that I sent out over email. Dr. Mullen has offered to host small group informal conversations at Barry Temple, and those were a couple of the dates that were offered. If there are any other dates, I will definitely coordinate and put it together for y'all. Indeed, the, the idea behind it was that um, we can discuss things without a quorum in a much more frank and uh, holistic sense. <coughs> um, and if we can do it as a precursor to the retreat, good. If we need to do it as a follow-up to the retreat, that's fine too. But I thought that it might uh, it might do us well to be able to talk to each other in a family style way uh, in one of our former citizens mm -hmm. of the community. Uh, Captain Mitchell has been very generous with using this space and it's offered it to Might I also offer if you want to do virtual, then I could create a virtual option just to kind of open the room. And again, if we have a small enough group, then I would be happy to host it in partnership with Dr. Mullen. So y'all just let me know. My concern is just not to have making quorum. That, that I don't want to do a quorum in the public mm -hmm. meeting. I think. So there would be no non-commission members present. Yep, no non-commission mm -hmm. members present. So please sign up on the sheet. I think this conversation is definitely going to be fruitful um, to be able to have open conversations. 
So you can look at other dates besides <coughs> the two that's on the Yeah, we'll send okay. out some more dates. Okay. Yeah, I have to make recommendation on what days are better. We were trying to do like during the day, have one during the day, one later in the day or on the weekend. And so we're trying to do that balance to give people options. But um, please let us know what works best for you. We're going to move into the roundtable check-in with commission members. And so, um... Before, I'm sorry. Before yeah. we do that, I just have a quick comment. Uh -huh. um, I forget the young people's name and the, and the organizer. Yeah. My name is Dwayne McAfee. One thing is we're talking about um, making sure that we can identify the urban renewal families that were displaced. At one of our first meetings, I suggested that we needed to talk to the 95-year-olds. And I think, like, to me, we have a wonderful organization sitting right here. We should figure out a way to empower them to go out into the community and talk to the elders of our community. If we really want to start getting some names, let's use these people. Who would be better to have the names than the elders of the community? 90, 95 older, we need to talk to them. They're going to be able to tell us the, the family members in some town, East End, because they're going to remember them. We, we should make sure that somehow we figure out a way to bring these two entities together. Please. Thank you. And, and you all know that I, I, I'm not a very sentimental kind of person. You know, the reason why I want these names is because we then we, we have basically personal injury approaches to this. You see, I mean, I, we, can, we, we can emote all we want, but if we have the people who are actually harmed, we are talking about some serious approaches to correcting those harms. Um, if we can't find their family, we can, we can do something else with that money. We can create a community there you go. resource. We um, can do a number of things with that. And you don't have to talk to 95-year-olds. I can tell you, everybody lives on my street. I can tell you, everybody lives on my street, on Southside. I can tell everybody on, on Walton Street. I can, I can go all around the neighborhood and tell you the names of the people that live in what houses all around. I mean, if you start at 70-year-olds, which I'm not even going to tell you my age. If <laughs> you start at 70 years old, you will get all the names of what you're looking for. You, okay. you get people in their 95s, they will not remember all the people that are around you. Okay, I, I don't mean, because it was so many and so many people moved in and out. People moved out of neighborhoods, moved around in the neighborhood. People moved out of the state. Out of the, I mean, yes. they're just everywhere. It, it's... If you if you were born and raised in Asheville, you know just about everybody. Every family. Is, I don't care if they lived in Stumptown. I don't care if they lived in Shallow. You know people in Asheville. So if, if, if you're asking for, for names of people, if you look around this table at people that were born and raised here, you will get some answers. It's not, it's not hard. It's not hard. It's not hard. You just have to ask. See, see, the same thing happened to us at the end of enslavement. Everybody knew everybody. Yes. They died. Now we don't know anyone. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we have to record this. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. 
So uh, we're going to get to our check-in to go make this a quick round. Um, and we'll start with MD and work our way this way. Um, I was really happy to hear um, the youth, um, hear about the youth project. Um, they should be really involved in this as it's going on. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity really to do interviews of, of people in the community to really learn um, that, that aspect that some of you said we don't know too much about yet. So that's a great way of learning is just to do interviews and just to hear, and you might find yourself in that story. So I was inspired to hear that. I have some comments here about the retreat and one concern I have is that there's too many topics in the draft um, retreat agenda and I want us to focus more to get things done and I'm, I think it's really important that we work through at least one recommendation in detail with budget, with numbers, with connections to harms and um, that could support the details and the other recommendations that need to come out from the different IFAs. I feel like many of us are aware of some of the harms at least and the details are really important too. And so I want us to go through that and be able to um, present some fleshed out recommendation proposals soon. And I kind of feel the same. I like that we're kind of getting to the point where we're realizing where all of them cross over and that we need to focus on where all the IFAs cross over and kind of pay some attention to that. So I think that's good that we're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. all right. <coughs> yep. Okay. I was uh, very taken with the youth and uh, the discussion they brought up about affordable health care for the students and young people in our community. And not only that, I would like to see if us as commissioners to really look into affordable health care for our youth, even under mental health. And uh, being involved in emergency service, I see a disconnect that they have now when they treat us when it comes to emergencies. So I think that's something else maybe we could discuss during the retreat. Um, I have an event I wanted to bring out. So mark your calendars, June 24th, from 2 to 5 at United Way. It's the Center for Participatory Change Black Love event. And this series, um, it's a monthly series, and this month we're really just going to be together and be black. So if you identify, which we all do here, um, as a person, um, as a black person, please just join us and come. It's June 24th, 2 to 5 at United Way's conference room. Is this online? So yes. I can share it out? Okay. Yes. I'll share I'll a link. I can share it with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, I particularly appreciated the ISA's updates. I mean, to me it was just so thorough and taking us to a whole nother level that was inspiring. And lastly, I was able to attend a reparations convening with some peers that's here in the RJC team. And I just want to encourage us as commission members so really look how this conversation expands beyond the borders of Asheville. And if you haven't had an opportunity to have discussions like beyond this city, I encourage you to do so. And I'll send some stuff to Christina, to Christine about it. But 
um, there's so much movement happening globally, regionally, nationally, and Asheville is on that same map. And so if you haven't had the opportunity, you really want to join some of these monthly Zoom calls and just join in the broader sense of a reparations conversation. Thank you. Um, I would encourage every black person in this room that lives in Buncombe County to go to the Reparations Stakeholder Authority of Asheville website. They host a private reparations fund. It's for black people, by black people, run by black people, for us, by us, all that. And um, sign up and join. I'm not going to ask who's a member that's sitting in this room, but I know that there are members around the table. I know that there are members in the audience, so I'm encouraging you to go to rsaashville.org and sign up and be a member and look at the organization. That's all I got. I think we received good information tonight. I think um, the IFA that we come together during, during the retreat can work together so we don't have duplicates. I think we'll be doing a great job, and I was very impressed with you. I think that um, I agree with Dr. Tamari that I feel like there's a lot of stuff we're trying to work out and hash out uh, at the retreat. And I don't think that it's going to be able, I don't think all this stuff is going to be able to be done within five hours. Uh, so I would recommend that we look into having multiple retreats uh, are ways that we can discuss this list so that we can work out in full, uh, effectively, and efficiently. Uh, and I'm not sure if we can do it at this next retreat, but there's been multiple uh, discussions that I've heard from people about immediate recommendations that we can make now uh, without having to wait or things to address that's happening to our city now that, you know, like Mr. Dwayne has stated, that we're not backing up or we're not putting energy behind. So I think that, I hope that within the retreat as we address what reparations is, we can look at what actions that we may be able to do before we actually pass our recommendations. Uh, Bernard? Mr. Richardson is not here, but one of the things I know that he would talk about is um, getting a third party to help us with investments that can drive the commission on and carry us further into the future. And to add to that, I think we need to put more energy behind an internal management structure outside the city and the county. Um, <clears throat> I'm on the board for the Peak Academy, and uh, uh, this information has not uh, been made totally public, but I can say I can share with you that the work you are doing in education reparations uh, is being actualized at the Peak Academy. We have 89 children at the Peak Academy. Um, apparently, uh, from preliminary results, not one, not one of our children was below proficiency. All of our children were at or above proficiency. Um, 
in the state of North Carolina, we are singular in that, in that, in that achievement. Not a single district can say that in the state of North Carolina. And so I, I wish I could share that. Yes. 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 So. Can have one alibi? Alibi. I'm asking her for one alibi, which is an addition to some talking. I'm already exercising the alibi. Many of us have never been around the Hood Hergus tour. Now, Dwayne doesn't know anything about this, what I'm about to ask. But in looking at his tour and some of the things that he offered, there's an opportunity for us to learn, if you are new to Asheville, about the legacy communities. And that might be something we want to consider is either contracting his agency or working through him to get a Hood Huggers tour for the commission. The bus tour? Yes. That's all. I, I, I don't have a comment. I'm just excited. And I'm happy to see everyone, and I know what y'all are doing, and I'm just excited to be a part of the and as we journey through this process of health for our young people, we wonder if as our board, because I'm on Project Lighten Up, on our board when we see kids that have been medicated from the time they were in kindergarten, medications that have been so much more, it's higher levels than, than, than white kids. And then what happens to them by the time they go to middle school and high school and they're taken off of that medication? And if that's possibly causing some of the problems that we see as they get older because they have been medicated so long. Because I see them. And so I appreciate your comments and we will take them. Thank you. Good luck. I was I am so very happy with the these young people involved in reparations many years ago. The city of Ashland sponsored the youth council. And we were like uh, the city council. We were just students. So, you know, we don't see much of that anymore. Um, we're still seeing the harm done every day to our community. But I am Joyce Harrison, and I have a couple of things. From putting retreats together, this is a lot of stuff to go through. Usually you don't have this much stuff in an agenda for a retreat. So I like to see it condensed a little bit. I'm like you. I like to see it condensed a little bit because when I talked about the breakout sessions, the breakout sessions would get a lot more of this done 
understand what this will get done for what we're going to need to do because we actually as a group need to be talking about how we're going to interact with each group and each IFA. And if you start putting all of this, it's, it's just a lot. And I want to see us kind of condense into where the IFAs can actually talk to each other, not just go around the table and do the discussion, but be able to, to put meat together and come away with an idea or some solutions of how we're going to blend it all together. And that's what retreats are supposed to be for. Second, I want to thank the youth again. And I still am with you. I would like to see the youth do some of the work that we can't do on the foot basis of talking to the elderly people in the community. To me, they put on the board that they wanted to know how they wanted to be involved or how could they get involved. Well, this is it. The door is open to let them do something. And with that interview that I saw her do with Dr. Mullen, it was like, this is it. That is what they can do. And so if they can get a lot of people from, like, these apartment complexes, we know that a lot of the people that left the home were put in projects and homes like this. So we need to listen to what they have to say, too. Okay? And I think the last thing is, you guys are doing good. Thank you. I'm appreciative of where I am today. Okay. Oh, my name is Roy Harris, and about an hour before I came to this meeting, <coughs> I was sitting on the Southside Community Farm Pavilion with a young lady that was a graduate of UNCA who was going back to her hometown in Costa Rica, and our longest conversation was about the reparation process here in Asheville. And I have no doubt that when she gets back to Costa Rica, Costa Rica a process is going to be started because she was very passionate when she was here and she still has that passion within her. And I didn't realize, she said, oh yeah, lots of black folks in Costa Rica now. Haiti, they come from Haiti. And she was saying, oh, sound like they're going through the same thing black folks are here. And so just want to let you know, Dr. Mullen, you made a difference. She knew who you were. I think she had taken a couple of your classes. And so now worldwide. This whole process is going worldwide. And a lot of people, when I go out of town, people ask me about it. Well what are you doing? Keep up the great work. Uh, Chris Gordon, um, I'm very encouraged about the kind of consensus building around the hub uh, center for African Americans in Asheville, which uh, will provide all services and educational opportunities. I know that our education IFA has been talking about that for quite a while. I also want to encourage folks to continue to focus on accountability. And maybe that's a big issue for our retreat, is how are we going to hold the city, the county, everybody accountable for these recommendations that we're going to give them. Um, and I guess the third thing is, um, somehow extending the authority of the commission or, as Mr. Oliphant has suggested, some other authority 
that can keep this going for years for the future, as opposed to ending in two years. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Norma Baines, and uh, I have enjoyed hearing the updates from the IFA. Also enjoyed hearing from the youth. That was very touching. And of course, uh, I'm on the health and wellness and affordable care. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And of course, uh, we are look, as a focus group, we are looking into affordable care also, and see and mental health because that's important. Mm -hmm. And I have enjoyed the session today, just hearing from the young people and what everybody else is saying. I'm looking forward to the retreat. Uh, let's see what we do there and interacting with the other groups that uh, are here like education, economics and, and uh, criminal justice and the rest of it. Uh, my name is Dwayne Barton and I was just sitting here thinking about what I didn't tell you about Burton Street. The other <laughs> one is uh, this highway. It's a billion dollar project. Fifty-four million dollars of the project is supposed to go to African American business. Mm -hmm. uh, so we started a new LLC to get in the game, and the goal is not just for us, but to connect with other organizations or individuals who may not have the capacity to 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 get their certifications to bid on the project. And we have these opportunities surrounding us. Uh, I, I feel that you know this process should should be like the seed. To me, I think this is a huge seed that we try to plant, but we got to make sure the garden is ready for it. And um, the other thing I didn't say, Burton Street is not the only. There's a number of communities who got plans and hustles that they was trying to see for years. And now we're going to go back to them and say, hey, we got another dream for you to believe in. But they're going to say, what about these? Right. Uh -huh. So if we can't get the momentum on these, how are we going to create a new one? Commissioners, thank you. Um, are there public comments? Are there people mm -hmm. who have signed up? Nobody signed up. Nobody signed up. It is uh, 8 o'clock, and I will entertain a motion to adjust. So move. Second. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. <laughs> 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 